Welcome everybody to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we have a great conversation over in Melbourne at their actual offices of the one and only Slyletica. So Slyletica has been run by some good friends of mine, Simon Rawadi and Yedda Rawadi. They always say, uh, Yedda's the brains, you know, Simon's the beauty. You'll see that in the video today. And uh, we're going to cover off on scaling product-based businesses. So something that Simon does really well and he's helped so many people do is if you have a following, if you have an engaged audience, how could you create your own apparel brands and use them to scale? So this is for you. If you've gone, I'd love to launch an apparel brand or a product-based business, and I really want to take that out to market and see how I can scale that and use that as my business model, this is perfect for you. So in this, we cover off and we talk about what are influences and what sort of people should be looking at doing this if you want to leverage your existing audience to scale a product brand. Then we talk about a few of the hidden, not falsities, but some of the pitfalls that people face. And then really the uh, the expertise it takes to scale a product-based business and who that's for. So if you've ever wondered, should I go and, should I go and start a product business? Should this be something I do? This is the show for you to listen to. So Simon's also coming and joining us at Certified Ballers Live. That's www.certifiedballerslive.com.au. I highly recommend if you haven't already, grab a ticket. We've got experts like Simon speaking and a whole slew of other people. And he's going to share what he's going to be covering at the event as well in this episode. So make sure that you tune in, you check this one out. Let's jump into the show and chat to Simon. Today we are blessed to have the one and only Mr. Simon Rawadi from Slyletica. So Simon, I would love for you just to share, obviously I've already done an amazing introduction for you, but share with everyone just a little bit about what you do at Slyletica, what you guys are all about and who you work with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for for having me and appreciate the introduction. Um, So at Slyletica, in a nutshell, we are uh, Australia's leading uh, brand management and development agency. Mm. We specialize in helping people create their own active wear labels. Um, We do swimwear, it's kind of the athleisure space, so it's such a big umbrella, Uh, but active wear, um, specifically, um, and we, 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 we help people kind of with an idea or with an existing brand, um, develop new designs, we go through the manufacturing process, we can help them with the marketing process, we build websites for them, we do order fulfillment. So we not only successfully bring a product to the marketplace, but help that brand also sell that product. Yeah, and that's very important, right? Oh, super important. <laughs> I think so. obviously sales, you need sales to have a business, so that's super important. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And so obviously you're coming to join us at Certified Ballers Live as well, which is going to be epic. So if you guys haven't got a ticket yet, www.certifiedballerslive.com.au, jump on board and get tickets as soon as you can. But why did you guys start this? Because there's been a few iterations. So you've obviously got a background yourself in, used to be like really what sales, I would mm-hmm. say, and then you've gone and you launched, you had your own brand and yeah. then you moved into this. Like, well, how did that happen? Absolutely. So uh, you're right. Well, I was in a, a sales background initially when I was working in the in the corporate world, yeah. um, and uh, you know achieved a lot of success, and I was really happy in that role. But but like most entrepreneurs, you kind of ask yourself, what's next? We want a bit more, um, and so we went into launching our own activewear label about eight years ago now, um, and. Uh, we went through all of the problems you could possibly imagine and a brand could have 
Um, we had no real fashion experience or starting a clothing brand experience prior to doing that ourselves. Um, so we spent two years really trying to refine the process, understand how to improve, how to make sales, how to bring a product to a market, how to deal with international suppliers, importation, just, just a, a wide variety of challenges. Um, and two years later, we had some success. And, and whilst we had that success, we had some friends and family ask us um, if, they, if we could help them with their own labels. So specifically, we had a, a person who owned a gym who said, hey, do you mind if I uh, put, put my logos on your clothing and sell them in my gym? And, and for a long time, we said no, uh, but then uh, we, we thought, you know what, why not? We're going to help you out. And we did that. So we put, put our, this person's gym logo on our clothing and we put it into the gym and they sold out immediately. Um, and at that point, we kind of asked ourselves, well, well, that was quite significant, you know, to sell a collection that had already been on, online in the marketplace for a while. The clothing is good, um, but the brand is not really known. And we realized that our specialty and our skill set, and coming from a sales background, was to be able to actually go out there and um, help these business owners develop a product that can be sold to a pre existing community or, or marketplace, in this case, the gym members. Yeah. And so we kind of shifted from having our own, eventually, we, we, we shifted after a couple of years from having our own retail label to what we are today, which is purely behind the scenes on the slide, which is what we like to call ourselves. <laughs> Um, uh, and purely behind the scenes, we help not only gym uh, owners, but we now work with social media influencers. In fact, if you've purchased something from Instagram over the last 12 to 24 months, it's uh, from a clothing perspective, it's highly likely come out of this office and, and our team. Um, so that's kind of what we do every day now, and we work behind the scenes to help people make it happen. I love it. And so you said that, so you've got social media influencers and things like that. What sort of people, like if someone's going, like I've just thought of an idea and I want to have my own brand. Is that the sort of person who can work with you guys or is it someone where you've like, you got to have a way to be able to sell this stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of both. You need to have some uniqueness. So our, we have three key clients. Um, social media influencers by far are our, our largest number of clients. Um, we then have um, gym owners that own multiple locations. So usually 10 or 20 or more because mm -hmm. um, we only work with the head office side of things um, because we have certain criteria to be able to make high quality 100% customized apparel we need to have a, a certain uh, number of orders and volumes that we're able to achieve to, to be able to achieve those customized garments um, but then obviously we have what we call the entrepreneur or somebody who just wants to get started um, and those are also a large number of our client base and, and we work with them from an idea uh, exception of the idea but really trying to get get an understanding from them as to what makes their brand unique and why are people going to buy it so we then go through our process uh, which is a six-step process um, to help people understand their target market and how to identify that but then also produce a garment for that target market and then also find the audience to help them sell and, and kind of continue to grow from there and actually make some sales when they finally launch. Yeah, and I think that's so important because I think a lot of people see it and they're like, oh, look, I found this place and uh, I can just plug my logo in and I can order and it's print on demand and it's yeah. going to come out. But I know myself from history, like we back in the day had Hustle Hat Co yeah. and we did some shirts and we did it on print on demand and then one time the logo came out on the stomach <laughs> and like we yeah. were getting, we had no quality control over it and couldn't tell yeah. if it was going to work or not. Yeah. 
And obviously you guys have done a phenomenal job because now you guys were in the top, was it top 100 fast growing companies we were, last year? Uh, 2018 were the 84th fastest growing startup in Australia. Yeah. Um, this year, if we do the numbers again, uh, we're, we're likely going to be in the top 25 or so fastest growing companies in Australia. Um, we just won a Young Entrepreneur of the Year uh, for Melbourne in the wholesale manufacturing and distribution uh, category, which is super exciting for myself and my wife Yeda, who, who owns and runs the business with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it's, and look, you know, the stories that you've shared about the logo and things, that's kind of exactly the same that we, of, of the challenges that we personally went through, you know, eight years ago when we had our own brand. And that's actually the same challenges that a lot of the people go through when they're starting at their own brand and they're trying to go direct to China or they're trying to go direct to using a print on a demand type service. It's the quality, right? Um, you know, and it, almost anybody can bring a product to the market. It's a product and a brand are two separate things. A product should be part of a brand, it should belong to the brand. Yeah. But there's so much more that needs to go into it. Um, and that's kind of why we've developed this process so that people, so that we can work with people to help them understand that there's so much more. And we like to call ourselves a brand management agency, not a manufacturer. So we, why work with one factory when, we, when you can work with 32? And so we have 32 at the moment, right now, today, and that's forever growing. Ethical manufacturing partners that we can rely on, that can produce high quality garments that we've visited personally, um, and that we have a team on the ground in China, wherever we're producing the garment, who can actually check and make sure that what we've ordered is actually what's being made, yeah. um, which is super important. That's awesome, I love that. And yeah. So you touched on a few things there around brand. What do, you, what do you define as a brand? Because I think a lot of people throw it around and say, oh, I want to grow my brand, I want to do this, but I don't think anyone really has like a firm definition of it. Like, what's, what's your guys' definition? Yeah, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. Um, you know, for us, a, a brand can be anything that somebody wants it to be. A business needs to be something that's making money. Mm. Yeah, so you can be as excited, you can be a creative director of a brand for 20 years and have no money, you don't have a business if you're not making a sale. Mm. So, it's probably a mixture of two things. Um, we have the, we, we, and it's funny, we always get two types of people that work with us. We have the brand people who come in and talk to us about the aesthetics and the beautiful sort of inspiration behind the brand. And they might have a song that's connected to their brand and they'll, they'll play the music and that's very brand focused. Yeah. And so they have an idea of an overall direction and, and uh, uh, what the aesthetic of this particular label or brand is. And then we have people who actually couldn't care less about any of that stuff. And just like, I want this particular product and they care more about the fabrics and those type of things. The most successful ones are the ones who can blend those two really well mm-hmm. um, and obviously make sales at the end of the day. Yeah. So for us, a brand encompasses the whole, the whole bigger picture. Who are you selling your products to? What are the products that you're gonna sell? Um, how are you gonna sell it? What is it gonna look like? Where are you gonna sell it? All of those things need to be answered to have a complete business and a brand. Yeah, I think that's great because a lot of people when they think about it, they will have a brand and they forget about business. And mm. it's like at the end of the day, you've still got to be able to pay your bills, right? You've still got to be able to do stuff and Definitely. pay your orders when you make them. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we, I was, I'll put my hand up. I, we left, I left my full-time work way too soon, you know, because I was one of those people who were like, yeah, I've got a business, I've got a brand now. I think we're doing $200 a, a month in sales. It's like, see you later, boss, you know, here's my resignation. I took a photo of my resignation letter. I put it on my put it on my socials. I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. I've got yeah. this. Um, big mistake, you know, really big mistake from our, from our perspective. And probably it, it was again, it was good because it helped me push the idea of I need to make it. I kind of burned the bridges, sort of thing. 
um, but way too soon for me. I mean, I probably should have gone to part-time, built a business and, and grew the sales in the business um, because I was so focused on, yeah, I've got a brand now. I had 10,000 followers on Instagram and all these sort of, on Facebook, sorry, back then. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, you kind of get involved in your own hype. Yeah. But reality was a, a, a brand and a business needs to be able to sustain an income for yourself. You need to be able to pay your bills. You need to be able to pay your suppliers. You need to be able to make a profit and continue to invest, you know, portions of those profits in the business so that you, you're growing. Yeah, and uh, that's that's so important. That's awesome and good distinctions there as well for people. But I think that sometimes, and I love your feedback on this, right? A lot of people go, cool, I'm going to launch and I'm going to sell my products for X, Y, and Z. And let's just say they're selling uh, T-shirts for 50 bucks. I just sell 100 T-shirts a month and then I'm making five grand. Yeah. But they're not, it's not like, they don't get to keep five grand, no, right? Because no. there's margins, like in this industry, like just the ballpark, what's the sort of margin that people are operating on? And I mean, just even like when you look at overheads of website, manufacturing, yeah. like like staff costing. Definitely, I mean, that's a really great question. And actually one of the biggest challenges that we face in the industry or, or for people who are looking to start out is they're so focused on their first collection. They're so focused on this is what I'm going to drop, this is what's going to make my brand, that they forget that there's economies of scales when, it, when you come to apparel and manufacturing. So when you're starting out, you obviously want to try and start out as small as possible. So our minimum order quantity, just to give you some live numbers here, is 150 units per gar garment per color. So if you're doing a legging in three different colors, that's 450 units of leggings, okay? Um, on average, we kind of anticipate most people will spend about $20,000 for inventory alone mm -hmm. in starting up the label, so the product side of things. Um, you then got your websites, you then should have probably an equivalent amount for marketing, yeah? yeah? Because doing some posts on social media is not enough. Yeah. You should be doing advertising, yeah, as you guys know. Yeah. If you're going to do advertising, this is your people. Um, but yeah, it's super important yeah. um, to be able to, to to understand how to market your business and how to market your brand. So it, there's no sort of um, uh, uh, kind of quick answer, um, but as a minimum, you want to have 20 grand at least to spend in some decent quality garments. Um, and if possible, it's about the same for marketing once you do launch and websites and those type of things. So it's yeah. a 40K at, at least to start up. Yeah, because people like find they just go, well, look, uh, I've seen this person, they've launched a clothing label. It doesn't look like it's that hard. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's just easy. You just uh, chuck a few logos and stuff, and away they go. And then, as you said, you've got the inventory cost, you've got your original website bill cost, then you've got your cost for acquisition. Mm -hmm. So everyone sees these prices, and when they go, oh, this person's selling leggings for 120 bucks or whatever, they're like, oh, they must be killing us. Like, well, no, you don't know what they're like, all those things add up. They could be making very minimal amounts on there, you know, and then yeah. you have to have that scale to do it. Absolutely. And so that's that's kind of what goes back to focusing so much on your first collection, that your first collection, if you sell it, is great. You probably make your money back. You're not mm -hmm. going to like really make tons of profits from that. Yeah. It's your second and third. It's once you start going from your MOQs, your minimum order quantities, to actually getting some significantly large quantities in the factories that we're going to be able to significantly reduce your purchase price. Yeah. Um, and that's when you start seeing economies of scale because you've got, you know, you're going to buy a thousand leggings a lot cheaper than you're going to buy per unit, then you're going to buy 150. Yeah. So your margins will grow. Um, a lot of people also go, okay, I'm going to start selling in places like the Iconic or all these various types. You can't sell there if you only have 150 leggings. They're going to sell them out for you. They don't even take you on as a brand. Yeah. So 
Um, obviously, the more you can put into inventory and, and, and with a balance, you want to validate the idea and make sure you've got a marketplace that was interested. Yeah. Um, but it's the second, third, and probably the fourth and fifth collection. So once you get into a, to two years in, that where you start seeing some significant profits um, and you start seeing some significant scale in the business where you get a lot of people starting to follow you um, and a lot of people really interested in your brand. Yeah. Um, and that's when it starts to look easy. Yeah. But it's most people don't get through those first two years. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we come in is we, we're here to educate them on the entire process. Yeah. It's to kind of take the first collection hat off and put on the brand hat and go, what is this going to look like for the next you know, a couple of years mm. and plan it out. We have forecasting software that we're able to tell you what colors are going to come out in two years from now. Um, so we can plan and really develop a label for you where you can constantly, in a year from now, have a monthly or quarterly drop mm. where you continue to build hype around the business, really exciting, high quality goods, um, and then really just run the business from a laptop yeah. um, and help and let our team kind of build, build everything, do the day-to-day hustle behind the scenes. Um, and you can do whatever you want to do, which is why social media influences like us. Yeah, and that's I think that's very important because it's like you still have to build a business. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, I'm just going to do a label and on the, suddenly on the side I'm going to be making millions of dollars. You know, mm-hmm. like it's you, it's actually a business. It's a business. Even the social media influencers that we work with who have a pre-existing audience, so much easier than not having an audience. So yeah. people interested in purchasing their product, they're still super meticulous on the product side of things. They're still in here once a week meeting with us. Um, it, it is a business that we're building. Yeah. Um, yes, we can help a lot and take a lot of the thing of it, but they're, they're the creative director. Yeah. So they need to give us a direction. They need to tell us what they, because the brand is going to communicate, is going to really be, like I said earlier, the brand is going to be an extension of themselves mm-hmm. um, and it's going to communicate to their audience. And that can only come from the person driving the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with entrepreneurs. It's the people who are your audience are really going to eventually connect with you. It's why Ben Francis from Gymshark is kind of two in one. You know, everybody follows him and they follow his brand. He's the guy who started, founded it when he was 19 years old and it's, you know, fastest climbing activewear label in the world right now, um, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. And and he's very active on social media and he's constantly showing the behind the scenes and explaining to his audience what the brand's about. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and touching on that, on the, the influencer side of things, obviously you deal with a lot. Yeah. And I mean, like, is there a way for you guys, someone comes to you like, I've got all these followers because we've seen people that have had all these followers. I remember there was a uh, thing going around about a lady and she launched, and she couldn't even sell like 20, 20 t-shirts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, what, I thought you were an influencer. <laughs> and you have other people where they do it. And I know you've recently had some great success with people who just like sold out straight away like, off the bat. Yeah. What, how do you know if someone is an actual influencer or not when they come to you? Yeah, a lot of brands ask us this now as well because we're using influencers to, to you know, sell other brands as well. Yeah. So it's a great question. Um, we have what we call the cull method, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we take we take basically the analytics that Instagram provides us about the influencer, and this is we do this with the influencer themselves, yeah. and we sit down and go, okay, if you have one point three million followers, let's actually look at what are, what's the core of that following that's actually going to care about your product. Now, if we find that you're a female influencer and you have 1.3 million guys following you, do not launch a swimwear brand. Yeah. Yeah. Like a super simple math. Yeah. Probably better off to launch some hats. Yeah. yeah? Or like some, I don't know, some socks or something. Maybe like he's in her underwear. Yeah. yeah? Like they still to build a brand around it, but don't do a swimwear brand. Yeah. yeah. And so that that's a big problem for a lot of influencers is they get caught up in the idea that, oh, wow, there's people following me. 
not really looking at the analytics and who are those people and not designing for those people. So we have the color method. So if we take the 1.3 million uh, followers as an example, we're gonna go, okay, well, 300,000 of those people are guys, so they're not gonna really care. And let's just carve them out and they're not gonna mind about the leggings or athleisure brand that you're about to launch, yeah? You've then got people in this certain demographic which is known to have bots and farmers and things. Let's just take them out. I'm not saying they're all not gonna purchase, but you need to be conservative with your numbers. Yeah. And you keep culling um, using our process and you get to a number, let's call it 500,000 people um, of the 1.3 that are now your core audience. And we might go even 300 to 500,000, so keep it really conservative. We then go, all right, 1%. Only of that audience is what you need in terms of your total inventory levels. So if it's five hundred thousand people, five thousand units um, is what you're going to order for collection number one, and likely going to sell out of. Um, so if you sell five thousand units, you know it's a, that's almost half a million dollars or something like that. Um, so we understand the math from there, um, but that's what makes social media influencers really successful in their own label is because one they've got the analytics to have the audience and two they're likely selling other brands already so they can really understand those numbers and see how many people are purchasing garments from them already yeah. um so that allows us to build a brand for those people very specifically yeah that's yeah. awesome mm. i love that and that's good and i think that's something that everyone should look at and just like just because people have followers doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to be successful or something like that because again until you pull and you cull all those numbers down and some people I'm, I would I would guess that actually be a lot less than that and you, know, you cull down you're like okay you've got 10 people that don't uh, yeah well absolutely so we, you know there's people who come to us who in 1.3 is great but if you have 200,000 followers that's become a much more much smaller audience. Mm. So again, you want to have less inventory yeah. and you don't want to overcapitalize. If you sell out, it's a great problem, mm. um, but you're better off being conservative. Um, on the flip side, we've had brands, uh, we've had influencers come to us where they've got 200,000 followers, 90% of them are the core audience. So it's like, you know, that's insane. Yeah. That's incredible, that's high engagement. This guy's gonna definitely buy a quality product from you, so let's do it. Mm. Um, so it's usually once you get to the five and 10 million followers, where you're gonna cut, you need to cover most a lot of that, you know, because fifty percent might be guys. So all of a sudden, half of your audience is out of question, yeah. um, unless you're launching something specifically for men. Yeah, I remember I was at an event in uh, Canada last year, and they had like a graph, and it was like up to a hundred thousand, and then there was like a gap between I think like a hundred thousand and two million, where all the people kind of in the middle, they had too much of a spread of different people, and it's like there wasn't enough to really do anything with. Yeah. And these these guys used to do um, a lot of the social media outreach for. Um, Red Bull and things like that, mm. and they went cool. We only got to work with you if you're hundred thousand or less, or, or two million, million or above. above. Yeah, that's yeah. super interesting. I mean, I mean, we we probably found that with some, not all. There's definitely some people in that sort of hundred thousand to two million mark mm. where, who have high engagement, who are really authentic and really um, intelligent business people. Mm. We launch brands for those influencers, and they've done extremely well. Um, but on the flip side, we've also told a lot of pe people within that same. Uh, following number that hey this is not going to work and we don't think we should do this and they've gone and done it elsewhere and not had the success so it, it's definitely in line with what we're finding absolutely yeah yeah no, that's awesome I love that so it's always good to know it's like get real with the numbers right it's like absolutely you like just because you have something it's like you know on on social media like especially me being in social media like oh how come you don't have all these numbers like 
well, number one, I don't have enough time to spend all my time on them doing social media. Yeah. But number two, it's like, cool, I might only have 30,000, but it's a pretty solid 30,000 people. It's the core that's so important, not the total number. And yeah. I was actually on stage at the Future of uh, Retail conference, I think two weeks ago, talking to large Australian retailers. We're talking, well, you know, they've got brands, or they've got stores all over Australia, extremely large retailers, and we're to have, to having a conversation with them specifically about the fact that it's not the total number of followers, it's the core audience that's the most important. Um, the core audience is what's going to purchase your product. They're the, guy, they're the guys and girls who are actually going to be your one key fan, the guys who kind of who share your stuff, who always comment, who really engage. That's more important than your entire email list for our, for our business um, or the businesses that we work with. So for us, the core audience is number one. And then if we can build an email list as we go, that's second to the audience. Yeah, it's a bonus. And then obviously you've got tools on Facebook and things along those lines where that will be able to find you a lookalike audience so that you can expand, but you want to find a lookalike audience to your core, not to your whole followers. Yeah. yeah, because it gets really expensive to find, you know, a million people who are similar, where reality is you probably only need 100,000 mm. and they're going to continue to grow and expand your business for you. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. And so obviously with anyone thinking that around like, cool, now that sounds good and I want to, uh, maybe you'll look at and consider that. And obviously, this is one of the topics that you're going to be talking about at Certified Ballers Live. Yeah, yeah like, uh, what what are you going to be going into a little bit deeper? So if anyone's listening and they're like, oh, this sounds really cool and it's something that I'm interested in, like, what are you going to be covering off for us there? So we're going to cover the four key elements that you need to build a, a successful product-based business. Mm-hmm. And that's so that's, you know, in the athleisure space, or, or really you can take any of this and turn it into any product. So it doesn't have to be active, whereas it could be candles or whatever it might be. So if you have an idea for a product-based business, we're going to be covering one, how to bring that product to market, so the elements required to bring a product to marketplace, but then also the elements required to create a holistic brand and actually make sales when you launch. Um, So it's a start to finish. We're going to cover all of the things that you need to know about to start the product, or sorry, start the brand, build a product, bring it to market, make sure it sells and grow it all from there. Um, so we found that you know, we will cover our own six-step process that we follow internally, but also we'll cover the four key elements that we found that you will need to make sure you tick off to launch a specific brand. Yeah, beautiful. And now, is there anyone that you found, like when you people have come to you, that this is not for, where you, they go like, oh, I really want to do it, be like, look, this is just not going to work for you, your type of business? Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to have a unique selling proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, you know a lot of people kind of come to us and say I want to start a product for anybody who goes to the gym that's not a unique selling proposition that's every single product (laughs) in the world I mean is it a guy is it a girl how old are they what gym what are they doing are they Pilates and yoga or they're doing hardcore training because there are different fabrics involved with that and they say all this for everyone yeah. I said, great, well, do you have a million dollar budget to purchase all of these products? <laughs> or like, what is it you're doing? Yeah. So if we can't have the conversation and get to a point where they understand that it, it can't be for everyone, yeah. then we'll say, hey, we're not right for you. Um, definitely. Uh, because realistically, we, we, um, we get about 300 inquiries a month and we'll take on 10, mm. if that, if, if, if there's 10 good ones in there. Yeah. So for us, it's about really understanding who we can help and we do, it's not a budget thing. Yeah. It's actually a person thing. It's a it's who, what's their mindset like. Mm. Um, a lot of people come here and almost need our convincing to start their own brand. Yeah. It's like if I need you to convince you to start <laughs> it, how am I going to get you when when she hits the fan? How are you yeah. going to you know put in the, the hustle needed mm. to go beyond that 
challenging point. Yeah. So if I can't get you to start, I definitely can't get you to push past that challenging point. Yeah. Um, so again, those mindsets are big. It's a big one. Yeah. Probably the biggest thing we look for is do they have the right mindset to start their own business? Because it's a challenge to start your own business and become an entrepreneur. It's not easy. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same as like exactly what we kind of go down, which is around the niche aspects. Like you need to have that. And like I look now, so um, I've been looking at work clothes. So I'm looking at like like pants and work shirts, and it's like cool. I could buy any. Yeah. But the ads that I see on Facebook that get me the most is there's there's work shirts which are. And like again, whether this is right or not, NASA grade t-shirts with the air, and it's like it's it's breathable, it's it's comfortable, blah blah blah. And I'm like, cool, I'm gonna buy. I want that one. I want that one. And then it's like the all day pants. They're like same material as like essentially track pants, but they look like work pants. And I'm like, I'm gonna buy them because I'm gonna be super comfortable. Yeah. And those things, it's like they've chosen a niche. So they're not going for every single person. They're going for the people that go to work and they're like, cool. I need. I still need to look good and professional, Mm. but I want to be comfortable. Yeah. And then for me, I'm going to buy all that stuff. Absolutely. So essentially, I mean, part of that is that athleisure is turning a lot of these sort of corporate labels into functional brands. Mm. Um, so, and that's the stuff that you're talking about, where you go from a work shirt, which you can buy for twenty bucks from somewhere, but you you would probably spend fifty to sixty or seventy dollars or even eighty dollars on something that has a reason behind it, has some functionality, and so their USP is for you know, people who want to be comfortable but still look presentable in corporate, yeah. right? It's super interesting and super targeted and they're able to find you because they're able to identify you as their ideal target market. So we will do the same with people. Yeah. Um, the challenge becomes is when the, when your target market is everybody who goes to the gym, mm. that you just can't target that. You, know, yeah. you don't, you, can't, you, have to, you have to niche it as you're saying. Um, so it's a, it's a great example of, of people needing to understand that there needs to be an end consumer in mind. Mm. Uh, probably to start off with that end consumer is really similar to yourself because you almost always design stuff for yourself and what yeah. you want, but you want to almost take the hat off of, I'm not designing for myself, but I'm designing for my potential customers. Yeah. And those who do that really well will see a lot more success than those who haven't even thought about that. Yeah, 100%. And I always say to Pete, like, it's, like you, you, I don't put trust into something if they're a generalist. Mm. It's like, if you're going to go to a place and go to a restaurant and they're serving Mexican, Italian, Indian food, probably going to have a bad time. Yeah. Right? You're going to be sick tomorrow. <laughs> like, something, something wrong with it. Yeah, it's sure. not going to work. But it's yeah. like, cool, I want Mexican. I go to a Mexican restaurant. Definitely. Right? That's, that's the niche. And if you don't have that, it's like, you can be, you'll be nothing to everyone. Yeah. Right? yeah. And um, one final question before we wrap up. What's one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Oh, great question. Um, wow. <laughs> um, uh, probably what's next, I guess. What's Then what's next in like 10 seconds? <laughs> okay, so for us, we see the athleisure space turning into the wellness uh, space, so going from active to active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so we're about to get into next year the whole idea of wellness products, so beauty products, um, a skincare, tanning lotions, whatever it might be. Anybody living in an active lifestyle will be able to bring a product to that area um, and build a brand around it and make sure we launch for for those people. Beautiful guys. So if you love any of that, make sure you join us at Certified Ballers Live, www.certifiedballerslive.com.au. Get a ticket, hear what uh, Simon has to say and uh, come and hang out with us for two days. Definitely, can't wait. Yeah, beautiful. Until next time, guys, adios. See you there.